slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today as we talk all things Islanders hockey. A rough, disappointing 2-1 to loss on Monday for the Islanders. They fall to the Pittsburgh Penguins by one goal. And unfortunately, the Islanders have now dropped six of the eight games this season to the Penguins. Good news is you don't have to face Pittsburgh anymore. The bad news is that the Penguins seem to have a formula for beating the New York Islanders. We'll talk about what happened and what the Islanders have to do differently because there are some patterns starting to develop, and we'll discuss those on today's show. We also have our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more to talk about today on the Locked On Islanders podcast. If there's something Islanders-related on your mind. You've got a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the air. Please feel free to send us an email. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I also do live tweet during nearly every Islanders game for instant insights and analysis. So, the 2-1 to loss for the Islanders, and frustrating loss, because the Islanders did do a few things right, but they're starting to get into this habit. And it's a habit that really is going to be a problem for them if they don't uh, figure out a way to right this ship. And that is that the Islanders have been getting off to some very slow starts in a lot of recent games. And it, it happened on Saturday against the Penguins. It happened again tonight against the Penguins. And, you know, they give up both goals that the Penguins scored came in that first period. And the Penguins outshot the Islanders 9-5 to in that period. And even that, even though the shots on goal were practically double in this case, it does not fully describe how much better the Penguins were playing than the Islanders were in that first period. Pittsburgh was skating faster, they were more organized, they were moving the puck better, and their forecheck really found a way to stifle the Islanders' transition game. And that's a big problem when your Nick Lettys 
and, you know, your defenseman can't make clean passes out of the zone or skate the puck easily out of the zone to transition to offense, you know, you, you think about the Islanders and their offense, a lot of it has to do with gaining speed in the neutral zone. And you got players like Matthew Barzal and players like Anthony Bavillier and J.G. Pajot who really like to carry the puck through center ice and get things done that way. So, you know, it creates offense, it creates space, and really the Penguins' forecheck, especially in that first period, really shut down the Islanders' offense in its entirety. And when you only get five shots on goal in the first period, and you only get six shots on goal in the third period, that shows what the Pittsburgh Penguins did to stifle the Islanders. And and you know what? They did things differently in each of those two periods. In the first period, like I said, the Penguins' forecheck was outstanding. The Islanders couldn't get out of their own zone easily, didn't have space in center ice to maneuver with the puck, and so their offense couldn't get on track. In the third period, the Islanders actually had a lot of possession time. They held on to that puck uh, in the Penguin zone for large chunks of time, and you would think that that would lead to some quality scoring chances, and it kind of did, but they still only managed six shots on goal in that period, and the reason is that the Pittsburgh Penguins really took the Islanders' playbook and almost used it against them. If you looked at that third period, so many uh, times the Islanders had the puck in the Penguin zone, moved the puck around well, but they were stuck on the perimeter. And anytime they got the puck down low, it was like this team was off by an inch or two where the puck would bounce on them or they would be a little bit late getting to it or they just didn't have a shooting lane once they got to the puck. So Pittsburgh really did a nice job handling the Islanders in that way. And the Penguins did have 14 block shots in this game, many of which prevented the Islanders from getting some quality scoring chances. And they had enough chances, really, especially in the second period, which was by far their best period, to score more than one goal. And yet, the absence of Anders Lee, I think, contributed to the fact that they are struggling to get more than this one goal in this game. And I think Leo Komarov, look, I don't fault his effort, uh, but he's not a first-line player, and he really doesn't belong on that first line. He doesn't have the offensive skills at this stage of his career to properly complement Anthony, uh, excuse me, uh, Matthew Barzal and Jordan Eberle. He just doesn't have it. That's not to say he doesn't have value as a player, but he doesn't belong on the first line. And then you insert Ross Johnston into the lineup. And I, I you know, recognize both the value of Ross Johnston and the shortcomings of Ross Johnston. 
And look, Johnston hadn't played since, what, the first handful of games of this season. He's been out of the lineup, eager to prove, you know, that he can contribute, goes out there and takes a penalty on his first shift of the game, and that leads to a Pittsburgh goal. So, you know, you feel for Johnston. He was obviously eager to get out there, and he did contribute a number of hits in this game. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, Ross Johnston, to me, wasn't the right guy to put into the lineup against the Penguins. Uh he did have six hits in 10 minutes, 50 seconds of ice time. But to me, you got to get some more offense and the Islanders aren't getting it. All right, we're going to come back, talk about some of the things the Islanders did well in this game, as well as trying to figure out what the long-term solution is for that first line, short-term and long-term, because what they're doing now isn't working. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by your friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterperson orders parts on his or her computer? And they choose only the brands that their warehouse happens to carry. Well, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamp, motor oil, and even a new carpet. And whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks and they'll deliver it directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So, one thing the Islanders did very well in this game, and I I do want to mention it, got to give credit where credit is due. The Islanders finished this contest with 52 hits. And, you know, a lot of the time, the Islanders have faced some criticism from, uh, you know, media members and fans around the league saying that the uh, official scorers at the Nassau Coliseum are a little generous with the number of hits that players like Casey Sezikis and Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck are credited with in all of these games. And that wasn't the case today because this game was not at the Nassau Coliseum, and yet the Islanders were busy hitting nearly everything that moved. Basically, the Islanders had only three players on their roster that were not credited with a hit. Matthew Barzal, Josh Bailey, and Nick Letty. Meanwhile, among the forwards, Cal Clutterbuck, eight hits. Matt Martin and Ross Johnston, each with 6-5 for J.G. Pajot. And 
look, when you got 18 players dressed and at least 15 of them are credited with at least one hit, you're doing something, you know, right as far as the physical aspect of this game was concerned. And that did help slow down the Penguins after the first period. And the Islanders' defense did get a little better as the game went on, but, you know, they weren't quite able to cash in. And that issue of the lack of offense, the fact that your top line is missing a big part of its effectiveness, its goal-scoring prowess, and the leadership that Anders Lee provides is still a problem for this hockey team, and the Islanders have to find a way to figure this out. And look, again, no offense to Leo Komarov, he is not the answer on that first line. And you know who might be an answer, and this may not be the most obvious? What about putting Matt Martin out there on the first line for a couple of games? I know you, you, you I'm hesitant also to break up the identity line, the best fourth line in hockey. Uh, it is so effective, and those three players, Sezikis, Martin, and Clutterbuck, all, you know, when they play together, they are greater than the sum of their parts. But Matt Martin got the goal on the power play in this game against Pittsburgh. And he is probably uh, the player on this roster right now who could, in the short term, fill that Anders Lee role better than anybody else. He can be physical. He can get in front of the net. He can, you know, occupy defensemen, get tip-ins, get rebounds, get deflections. He has better hands than he gets credit for. He's certainly no Anders Lee in the hands department. But I think that Matt Martin has shown in the playoffs last year and even early this year that he is capable of putting the puck in the net. And, you know, he may be offensively a poor man's Anders Lee, but as far as filling that role, that physicality, that getting in front of the opposing net and stirring things up, Matt Martin might be the best choice. And then you could put a Leo Kamarov or a Ross Johnston on that fourth line and see what happens with that. But at the end of the day, uh, look, Uncle Leo just isn't getting the job done on that first line. Some people have suggested Oliver Wallstrom. To me, I just don't know if he's ready for all of that ice time yet and whether or not he is consistent enough in his own zone to play that kind of a speed game all the way around. Kiefer Bellows doesn't have the speed to keep up, unfortunately, with uh, with Matthew Barzal and Jordan Eberle, and I just don't know if he would be the right answer over the long haul on that first line, and there really aren't a lot of choices. Do you try to move Bavillier up there? Is that putting too many eggs in one basket? 
Josh Bailey really doesn't have the physicality to play the Anders Lee role. He may be able to add a different element, but, you know, Bales has struggled offensively as of late as well. I, I might even say that right now, Matt Martin, in the short run, might be the best option that the Islanders have at the first line temporarily to fill in with Anders Lee gone for the season. What the Islanders also need to do, though, and let's face it, the need is getting greater and greater, and that is they need to bring in another player, a top six forward. The trade deadline is still a few weeks away, but, you know, you've often heard Lou Lamorello talk about patience. If he has time, he takes it. If you want to get in first place or even second place to maintain home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs, you don't have the luxury of a lot of time right now. And hopefully the Islanders can bring in someone because quite honestly, in the playoffs, the player who's going to fill in on that first line in Anders Lee's spot is almost most likely not in, not on this roster right now. And the sooner you add that person, the sooner they can acclimate to the team. They may have to quarantine for a little while to start with. And the sooner that they are a part of this system, get comfortable with it, and are ready to go come playoff time, which is the most important time of the year. All right, we have a lot more to talk about. We have our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more. Stay with us on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The football season may be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. March Madness is still going strong. And you got the men's and the women's brackets for March Madness. And of course, Major League Baseball gets started in just a couple of days. So lots of things to bet on, and you could also, you know, Bet Online also covers things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all this news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. But now it's time to find out. Which Built Bar is the best? Yes, it's time for Built Bar Madness. And we are up to the final four now in Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, my favorite flavor, still in the running, cookies and cream. And they're going up against a very tough opponent in cookie dough chunk. I love both of these flavors. Uh, I'm a sucker for cookies and cream. That is my favorite flavor. So I've got to give them the edge if I had a vote. But really, the important thing is what you think. Because 
you go to BuiltBar.com or on Twitter, you can go to Built underscore Bar and place your vote to see which one of these two exciting flavors will come out on top. Remember, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar ever. Islander fans, you can get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And today is the 50th birthday for former Islanders defenseman Jamie Heward. Heward originally drafted in the first round, 16th overall by the Penguins back in 1989. Made his NHL debut with the Toronto Maple Leafs during the 95-96 season. Then joined the Nashville Predators for a year before becoming an Islander in 1999-2000. Islanders picked him up as a free agent, and I'll tell you, he played 54 games with the Isles that year. Six goals, 17 points, and that was not an easy time to be a New York Islander. But we're going to go back and look at one of his more exciting games with the Isles, November 4th. 1999 at the Nassau Coliseum. Jeff Hackett in goal for the visiting Montreal Canadiens, while Felix the Cat Potvin was the goaltender for the New York Islanders, and it was the Habs getting on the board first. Martin Ruchinski scoring in the first minute of the game, his third from Brian Savage and Francis Bouillon, and it was just 56 seconds into the game. And that held up until midway through the third period. In the third, the Islanders tie it. Brad Isbister, his fifth from Zdeno Chara and Tim Connolly at 10:20, and the game headed to overtime. In the extra session, 47 seconds in, Jamie Heward, our Islanders' birthday of the day, gets the overtime game winner, his second of the year. Max Lindgren and Eric Brewer with the assists. The Islanders skate away with a 2-1 win over the visiting Montreal Canadiens. Felix Potvin with 17 saves in this game. And Jeff Hackett, who of course also played with the Islanders, had to make 32 saves to keep Montreal in this game. But that came uh, in a losing effort. Heward, with the game-winning goal, had five shots on goal to lead the Islanders in that department in this game. And the Isles skate away with a big win during what was a very difficult season uh, for the New York Islanders. So once again, for Jamie Heward, a very happy 50th birthday, the big 5-0, the 6'2", 215-pound Regina, Saskatoon native, uh, had that one good season with the Islanders, then went on, to play for the Blue Jackets, Capitals, Kings, and Lightning before his career ended after the 
2008-2009 season. So happy birthday and many happy more to Jamie Heward. Some final thoughts right now as far as the Islanders are concerned. I am concerned about the psychological situation with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Having lost six of the eight games against the Pens, it's going to be an issue come playoff time. And, you know, the other thing about it is, now when you look at the standings, the Islanders are suddenly dropping down the standings to third place. They are tied with the Penguins in points. They are tied for second. Neither team has any games in hand. But quite honestly, with the Penguins having won six of eight against the Islanders, uh, you know, they may have an advantage. They also have more wins than the Islanders. So right now, Pittsburgh gets the tiebreaker, and the Islanders... You want home ice advantage, especially in that first round. You don't want to fall too far behind the Capitals. You're still only two points back. Islanders cannot afford a losing streak right now. They're off until Thursday, and now they start a lengthy homestand. They should be getting some players back into the lineup, so that certainly will help. Uh, probably Noah Dobson returns on Thursday, when the Islanders host the Washington Capitals, and that becomes a very, very big game, and hopefully the Islanders can right the ship. We'll be back tomorrow with more on the Islanders and what they're going to do to replace Anders Lee in this lineup. We'll also have our weekly farm report tomorrow and a whole lot more. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!